Pray with me, please. Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that we might hear from you. Amen. He has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure as set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things on heaven and in earth. Ephesians chapter 1. My heavens, what a beautiful sentence. A plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in Him. Let me tell you a quick story. Not long before my grandpa died, my dad, two of my uncles, two of my cousins and I, took my grandpa back to the farm he'd lived on for years, a parcel of land to which he'd dedicated years of sweat and toil and love. It was a farm on which he'd also run a Christian ministry, a ministry that paired work on the farm with daily Bible studies and worship services. And by the time we took him back to visit this farm, he'd been living elsewhere in the city for over 20 years. And in that time, this farm, which was still owned by the ministry, had all the while been going to seed. And it looked little like it had in the glory days when my grandpa had been maintaining it and running his ministry on it. Well, on this day, my uncles and my cousins and My dad and I had just spent two months or so reclaiming parts of the old farm. And so now one corner of the farm looked very much like it had in the days of old. And so on this day, we were bringing my grandpa out to see the work that we'd done. Well, we arrived that day and... After struggling to get my grandpa properly situated in his wheelchair, we finally were able to wheel him around to a spot where he could overlook the farm and get a full view of the work that we had done. And I'll never forget what happened next. Looking out at that farm, Surrounded there by his remaining three sons. Surrounded by all three of his grandsons. Taking in the view of a place in which he'd spent so much of his life's energy. Aware of how much energy his progeny had spent to bring this portion of the farm back to good. Taking in all of that. Thinking about the past and the present and the death that soon awaited him in the future. Taking in that whole experience. Suddenly tears began to trickle from his eyes. And seeing him begin to cry that way made us begin to grow emotional as well. And you have to understand, it wasn't a sadness that came upon all of us in that moment, though of course there was an element of sadness to it. 
And it wasn't joy that came over us either, though there was no doubt an element of joy too. No, instead, what you have to understand about this moment was that it was a sense of fullness. That there was in that moment an understanding. A realization, a sense of culmination. It was all of this and so much more in that moment. Yet not one of us had to speak a word to the other so as to communicate it. The fullness of time had arrived. And we all knew it. And that's the end of that story. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, one of his principal themes is that which he calls in the letter, quote, the hope to which God has called us. The hope to which God has called us. And what Paul is at pains to convey in this letter is that through the life and the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, humanity has been redeemed and that the brokenness of this world is even now being renewed. That one day in what Paul calls here the fullness of time, the dead shall rise again and the world that is slowly being renewed even now from the inside out will be fully renewed from the outside in, at which point God's original intentions for creation and for humanity will be fully realized. The death shall be no more. And mourning and crying and pain shall be no more. And swords will be ground down into plowshares. And justice will flow down like waters. There peace and righteousness shall embrace forevermore. And this, Paul writes, is God's plan for the fullness of time. To gather up all things in Christ. Things in heaven and on earth and the fullness of time really is a beautiful phrase the fullness of time not only does it speak quite literally of the coming time when God will overwhelm creation with a mighty new breath of vitality the wondrous new birth for creation that we can scarcely even comprehend or imagine. But it also speaks of a certain fullness of time that we experience in foretastes here on this side of our eternal tomorrow. And the Greeks have a lovely word for this kind of foretaste. It's the Greek word kairos, which literally means time. However, kairos time is not like chronos time, which is another Greek word that also means time. But chronos time means clock time, the movement of second after second, minute after minute, hour after hour, day after day. Chronos time is the kind of time that we can measure and plan for and anticipate. So much different 
then chronos time, kairos time, means the right time. It means the appointed time. It speaks of a fullness of time. Kairos time is like that time when my dad and uncles and cousins and I stood around my soon-to-die grandpa and looked quietly together at that farm and felt emotion and understanding overcome us even though no words were spoken between us. Kairos time is the kind of time when the conditions for things are suddenly just right and laden with meaning, even though we've done nothing deliberately so as to make it happen. Kairos time is like Jesus saying, now my hour has come, and then saying on the cross, it is finished. Just as Kairos time is an echo of and points toward the coming time when the trump shall resound and when the dead shall rise and when the glory of the Lord shall fill the renewed earth from sea to shining sea. And the point here with all of this is that we need to recognize as people of faith the significance of Kairos time when we experience it ourselves. And that we need to fully appreciate how Kairos time in the present points forward to the ultimate Kairos which is to come. And that we need to work today. That we need to scatter and plant and toil and sow today and every day so as to ensure that while we can't ever control it, that the conditions are always ripe for that ultimate kairos when it shall come. In J.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, Tolkien's character Thorin says, just as he's about to die, I go now to the halls of waiting to sit with my fathers until the world is renewed. Just before he's about to die, he says, I go now to the halls of waiting to sit with my fathers until the world is renewed. Dear family, when Paul says he prays that we may know the hope to which God has called us, this is the hope of which he speaks. This is the Christian hope for tomorrow. This is the vision for things come the fullness of time. It is the hope and the vision that one day this broken world shall be fully renewed and that we shall rise upon it to dwell forevermore. And the takeaway here is that this future hope, this hope to which God has called us, is an engine that ought to drive and inform and inspire our present, leading us this day and every day to scatter and sow and plant fruits of the Spirit, not knowing how such planting may, in ways we can't yet know, be preparing things for the fullness of time tomorrow. Just think, all those years that my grandpa worked that farm, 
All those years that he taught and preached and exhorted and encouraged in that place. All that energy he poured into his labor on that land and in that ministry. No way could he have known then and no way could we, his family, have known in that later moment. How decades later, all of that work, all of that quiet faithfulness, would be setting the stage for a moment when all of us together, looking out upon that simple field, would be overwhelmed by such meaning, by such fullness, and that we would there together experience such a rich foretaste of glory divine. Time is a confounding thing. When we're young, it seems we have it in infinite supply. And as we grow older, we watch it pass by at an increasingly fast pace. I was five years old yesterday. Tomorrow, good Lord willing, I will be 75. And then soon enough, I too will go to the halls of waiting where I will sit with my father and with my grandfather and with all the saints who have gone on into glory and I with them all and with you all will wait until the world is renewed. This is the hope to which God has called us. This is the hope that ought to inspire us today. That come the fullness of time, God will gather up all things in Christ, things in heaven and on earth. And knowing of this hope and believing in this hope, the time then feels right and fitting. The Kairos time feels nigh for all God's people to say, Amen.